this week on the Magnificently Huge podcast, the underrated and soon-to-be-a-classic film, 1408. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. In 2007, a film came out with John Cusack based on a Stephen King short story called 1408 about a cynical man who writes about haunted hotel rooms and doesn't believe in an afterlife uh, who is drawn into a room that is absolutely haunted with something. Um, it's a horror film, but not a horror film like the horror porn or teenagers who get offed one by one or the sort of boring horror that we've put up with for the last 20 years. This is more of a meditation on regret and it does it so well. I'm such a huge fan of this film. Uh, the guys did not see it before we made this show, so it was fun to hear their views on this. And boy, do we dig into the, the issues with Disney Plus shows this week in our fresh shit. Stay tuned for that. Anyway, I'm glad you're here. If you like this movie as much as I do, please leave a comment. I'd love to hear from somebody else who got something out of this I didn't see. Uh... Hey, let's jump into that, uh, that, that, that show of ours, hey? Hey, everybody, it's the Magnificently Huge Podcast! Wacky high energy! Okay, if you made yeah. it that far, welcome to the show. My name is Brian. Who are you guys? I'm Chris. I'm Eric. Hey. Okay. Welcome to the Magnificent Podcast. So uh, yeah. I would uh, formally like to apologize to both of you for the previous show <laughs> where I made you watch a movie called Rubber. No. Uh, I did not do it maliciously. I just thought it would be funny. I, you know, we do that on this show. I, I, we, we, every now and then, we, when it's our turn to pick, we, we may, we're like, what's something I can subject the other two to? <laughs> yeah. And at least in Chris's case, he got us hard, right? Like, yeah. he was like, here's a movie, and we didn't like it. When I did, like, I, Frankenstein, I was, like, gleefully licking my chops going, oh, they're going to hate this piece of and shit. And loved make, it. And they come back and they're like, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, it Hurricane Heist. Yeah. yeah, Hurricane Heist is probably the best example. Where it's like we went yeah. in just going, Hurricane Heist is amazing. Yeah, it's so bad. Uh, I don't know. I appreciate though being being exposed to something I would not have watched or even learned about, and you know this show forces me to do that now and again. So yeah, as I'm down. as a perfect example is uh, this week for me. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to figure out what you guys thought of this. But uh, okay. <laughs> okay, well, you don't get to find out until after we do the fresh shit. Fresh shit. Damn. Oh yeah, you oh. beat me to that punch. <laughs> This shit is fresh. All right, so Brian, what did you watch uh, since last week? Uh, so, um, I got a couple of things, both of which are musicals. Oh um, God! The first Don't one, tell me I went you saw to West Side Story. 
No, I oh, did not. Okay. I still haven't seen that. Best Picture um, nominee, I went to... West Side Story. No, thank you. Yeah, didn't see that. Um, <laughs> it's like pregnant pause. Uh, fuck well, I, you know, I, I'm waiting for you guys to stop interrupting me to try to get me to talk about a movie I haven't seen. So, <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, actually, this was a show in in the theater. Went to Gamage and saw the touring company of a show that apparently won Best Musical in 2017. It's called The Band's Visit. Oh, that was a movie. Huh. Yeah. That it started out as a movie and they made a, a musical of it. It begins with a projection on a screen that says, you know, one time not too long ago, a band from Egypt stopped by a little town in Israel. You oh, probably yeah. haven't heard about it. It wasn't very important. I saw the movie. And yeah. Yeah. They they um <laughs> just not remembering this. <laughs> they're upfront yeah. about it. They're they're absolutely right. It, it wasn't very important, and it's not intending to be. It's a very subtle, reserved production about not a whole lot. You know, again, adults <laughs> with adult problems. Um, this this well, he they know they the glance <laughs> <laughs> they glance up against um against the whole Israeli, you know, Muslim thing, but but only for like a half a moment. I was actually really worried that this was where the show was going <laughs> to end up going and we're going to have to get the heavy-handed like Arabs and Jews thing. So but why would these Israeli musicians appear in Egypt? No reason. This <laughs> <laughs> is going to make any sense if you haven't heard the previous week's show, everybody. But because um, anyway, man rhymes with the capital T. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> It's about a it's about a band that of of musicians that that uh, are in the wrong town in Israel and are fish out of water and they meet some locals and they spend the night and then they go have their concert and that's pretty much the whole story. Um, it was boring. It it was boring except for when they play when they play their music. Like these musicians are awesome, you know, and they're playing live on stage. And if it had just been a concert of these guys playing a concert, I would have had a much better time. That keeps getting interrupted by this this story about nothing. So I don't know. Was how was the movie of the band's visit? Was it was it worth making a musical out of? Uh, since you saw it, no, not particularly. <laughs> I mean, I remember being you know pretty bored. It was, but it was like um, I'm trying to think of what was that movie? Am I thinking of Paris, Texas, or? The Vin mm, I can't one think with, of it. With Harry Dean Stanton? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of that, you know, just subdued. And I, I'm sure I'm supposed to get something out of this. And then I didn't because I'm dumb. So somebody watched that yeah. and went, hey, you know what? This needs more music on stage. <laughs> That's yeah, what it, it was. Wasn't the, and I'm like, it wasn't the story of Paris, <laughs> Texas, or whatever movie I'm actually trying to think of. Uh, but it was that vibe. Okay. And, and I'm like, so there weren't any other musicals in 2017, and that's why it wins the Tony for Best Musical? Is that what happened? Because, huh? <laughs> it's not what you know, it's uh, who you know. It's all who you know. So, uh, Yeah, like, there wasn't a pandemic then, so there must have been more music. I don't know. Um, it, 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 it tells you it's, it's a trifle, and it's a trifle, and it, it's fine. Hey, sometimes that's what you What's the other musical you, know? you saw? 
Well, well, I, I want to make another comment here real quick, which is just oh. like sometimes I go to these shows, like we go to the big, some of them are like the big productions that aren't good. Like we saw that Willy Wonka musical a few years back and I watched that and I'm like, you know, for some people, this is like the only Broadway show they could, they've ever seen or that they could afford to go see and they saw this and I feel bad. I'm watching this in a room of people, you know, it's... It, it's 2022, you know, we're all masked and everything, but you figure if 1% of the people, you know, exposed to, to Omicron die, well then, like, okay, a, full, a few people in this room that I'm in, this is like the last musical they're ever going to see, and that's sad. <laughs> Way to be a um, Debbie Downer, Jesus. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. If you I do that a lot. No, no, when I'm yeah. in a huge crowd or audience, I look at them all and go, you know, like like one of these people next week will be dead. I'm sure of it. Just yeah. the odds are that one of these people is going away. I'm just, I'm just thinking like Brian's musical review show. It's like, if you see one musical before you die, don't do this one. You know, That's pretty much my review of the band's visit. You got yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's not the <laughs> one to, to risk your life for during a pandemic, guys. It's not. <laughs> don't die on this hill. Um, yeah. The other musical I saw, I did actually watch... Encanto on Disney Plus. Have you guys seen it? No. Encanto is the latest from Disney's in-house animation group. Oh, um, the ones that suck? The ones who aren't uh, Pixar? <laughs> who aren't Pixar? Yeah. Well, the <laughs> ones that have been doing better than Pixar recently, I mean, with Frozen and stuff, but um, this is... Boy, I don't know if, if this was... This was a musical made by committee, right? Like, <laughs> they weren't necessarily aimed at the same target. There's there's the script, which is this whatever about a family who each is born with some magical ability and they live in this magical house and this entire town is basically built around the fact that a family of magic people live there. And then... Is it an there, and it's you know so it's very sort of just fanciful family Disney forgettable fluff. The people who did the lighting and materials and the CG rendering were there to to play. They showed up. Man, oh man, does this movie have lighting and materials? Um, <laughs> Says Brian Krueger of the Arizona Republic. <laughs> Yeah, and then the the soundtrack is written by phoned in Lant Manuel Miranda, um, who is just like so, remixing his own stuff. Say, so, so he made his bones and got his name from Hamilton, which I still have never. And seen. And he's gonna have to live it down for the rest of his life. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, does he have anything good that's not Hamilton? No. Okay. Thank you. In the Heights has its <laughs> thank moments. You, thank you. Um, <laughs> But but this in particular is just uh, and actually um, the other thing that was cool from from Lin Manuel Miranda is um, oh what's the name of it it's it's a freestyle love supreme or something like that it's it's just them it's basically an improv rap uh, troupe that r- goes around uh, New York that there's a documentary about them that's a lot of fun but um, somehow. Encanto has a number one single called We Don't Talk About Bruno, and I don't know why it's a number one single. I don't get why it's <laughs> caught on. I don't know why there's still Billboard in the age. Anyway. Can you hum a few bars? No. 
No, I got nothing. Okay, thank you. Um, (laughs) That's the best song I've never heard. Yeah, it's it. I I was at a kid birthday party because I have grandchildren. I saw the other Lin Manuel Miranda song musical animated thing that was on Netflix this year. I can't even remember what it was called, but it was also with a Latin American heritage to it. And these movies are interchangeable. The songs are interchangeable. Nothing about it makes any kind of mark. It's just there. It's so, not Coco. <laughs> it's yeah. not Coco. Okay. Yeah. Which it, or, yeah. Uh, or Book of Life is what you're saying. Right. We're just going to throw out like all kinds of uh, random Latin-themed <laughs> animated yeah. movies at you. We're white guys and we can't tell the difference. All of these look not, the same to it's us. It's not Lilo oh, and yeah. Stitch. Yeah. Okay. So Lilo and Stitch, this is not, is what you're saying. Yeah. Or Zoot well, Suit. Exactly. Really? Right. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Was that a zoot suit? was that a Disney animated musical about the zoot No, suit no, that riots? was just something with Hispanic okay. people in it. I think Tex Avery did a, that a, one. Uh, that wasn't even a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Tex Avery. This is, this is getting worse. It's gone off the rails. Worse. Somebody <laughs> else do your Reel it in. Reel it in. <laughs> uh, it was no I'll, Mulan. It was certainly no Mulan. I'll, well, I'll, what is yeah, really so anything else, please, God. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of diversity in film, uh, I got to tell That's you. That's what Eternal- we were talking about. Yeah. yeah. Eternals from the Marvel Cinematic Universe was fucking terrible. I will just put that out there <laughs> right now. As, as entries in the MCU go, this was by far one of the most forgettable. And it's unfortunate because they made such pains to make it such a, a cool, diverse cast and the story hey, is just dull. Uh, another Disney film this year where it's all about lighting and materials are amazing, <laughs> yeah. and that's about it. Yeah. yeah. It was just, <laughs> it was just, I'm like, I had avoided it and avoided it and avoided it uh, for months and months and months because I'm kind of over the MCU, but at the same time, I really still watch them just so I can keep up with all of the, the threads. Uh, that's yeah. the only reason I watched this. Uh, but it was just uh, astonishingly terrible because the whole thing was set up like some sort of like family indie drama. And I guess it's because of the director, Chloe Zhao, I think is who did it. Um, but it's it a just... season of a TV series cut down to movie length. Yeah. It, this one should have been a show. Yeah. Uh, it's basically really it's, it's the worst version of X-Men that you will probably <laughs> ever see and I think that's probably what did it for me it's like it's just I don't care about a team of godlike superpowered beings uh, protecting Earth I mean it's just at this stage in the MCU it just I don't care you know it's just I don't understand why they bothered there's no hook yeah. They're just snipey at each other for the whole nine yards. And the whole crux of the story is that they're beings created by some god to make sure that a a planet develops civilization and grows more and more people because that somehow feeds the birth of a new, what's called a celestial, which is the birth of a new god. And in the process, the planet is destroyed. And then they're reincarnated and then they do the whole nine yards again. And it's just, I'm like, you could have done that. Like you said, Brian, you could have done that in 30 minutes. Bam. Good. You know, know the the thing though, 
I mean, this is this is sort of a continu- continuity issue Marvel is really coming up against. But for the Eternals, like a good story for them would have been, say, protecting half of the population of the Earth from <laughs> yeah. disappearing from a single fin- fucking finger snap. They, you and know, they it's like, yeah, that, they're not yeah. going to show up for that when they absolutely fucking should. Yeah. But and no, they, no, we're going to breeze over that. This is going to piss you off even more because they touch on that in the movie. Someone like they're talking about, well, you know, Thanos shows up and then suddenly half of them are gone. And, and they got someone asked them about it and they're like, well, we were ex- explicitly prohibited from intervening in anything. Because, yeah, why? unless there were these deviants involved. Yeah, and there weren't any deviants involved. <laughs> Except so that what their whole purpose is, as you said, is to make sure the population yeah. gets larger. Yeah. And Thanos yeah. seems it's to have kind so, of been a problem there. It's so dumb. Yeah. It just falls apart. And it was just so they're gonna, irritating. They're going to end up with a malnourished, uh, 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 I don't know, sky god or whatever brick coming out of the earth. Well, because that's just not so, people well, for it. Yeah, well, by the that's end, the they, best part of they it. <laughs> figure it out. And so they ended up uh, siding against the gods, and uh, they kill this celestial who's coming into being so that they can save Earth. Uh, and so by the end of the movie, you end up with, like, these giant, like, god hands turned to stone in, like, the top of the god head, almost like a mountain uh, that had tried to burst yeah, forth. Yeah, sticking from his, out of the ocean. Yeah. And that reminded me of a, a book I read a couple years ago called Towing Jehovah. I don't know if you remember me telling you about this, but that the whole story there is uh, <laughs> God actually dies and the corpse of God plummets to earth. Uh, and then it turns the whole world into a tizzy because it's like suddenly it's like there's your, <laughs> there's your philosophical quandaries like, well, if God's dead, what are we even doing? And it's like this giant corpse that they have to deal with on the same token. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> And I thought, oh, that, would, that, could, that would be such a fucker. Because that would yeah. be one, you know what? The answer is yes, there is a God. And two, well, there was. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so now you're, you weren't all alone, but now you're all alone. Mm-hmm. That sounds fucking yeah. great. You should find it, Eric. It's uh, called Towing Jehovah. It's by a guy named James K. Morrow. I Towing Jehovah. It. Now that the yeah. title makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Because so, they got to hire like fucking a fucking corpse. Yeah, it's like like floating, and they got to like take it out to the ocean and sink it. So they got like have to get this army of tugboats. That yeah. Anyway, that's what it reminded uh, me of the end of Eternals, and I'm like, ah, uh, they could have made this so much better, and they, they didn't. I was so disappointed in so many ways, but not least of which was a uh, Angelina Jolie totally wasted in her role as part of this team. Mm-hmm. Kumal Nanjiani. I didn't understand his take on the character at all. I didn't like him one iota. He could have disappeared for all I cared. I just was so annoyed by all of them. Uh, and then <laughs> Kit Harrington shows up in what is obviously a way to expand into a different Marvel character down the line. And he's going to be some guy named mm-hmm. Black Knight who's going to team up mm-hmm. with Blade at some point, I guess. I don't know. The whole thing was just... It's so they're so perfunctory now. These Marvel movies, where it's like, well, we just mm. we have to do a bridge to the next product so that we can turn out the next product that gets the bridge to the next product, and that's where they are now. I honestly, you could delete this movie entirely, and nothing about the MCU has been exactly. modified in any way, exactly. shape, or form. It actually doesn't have any impact on it, other than out in the ocean, there's a new island in the shape of a Jack Kirby alien head. <laughs> yeah, basically, with like eight eyes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but where it stands is uh, like bottom tier MCU. Like the worst, the worst I think is still 
Iron Man 2 because that just has no point. I don't know, Black uh, that's, Widow, but anyway. And then Black Widow uh, or Captain Marvel and then this I one. think in, in The Incredible Hulk. I don't the, know. The, that's that's I, still low yeah. tier. That's still low end, but because it's still... They, Ranks higher. It's for like me. it's they, they just didn't quite know have their footing yet. It's like Iron yeah. Man was a surprise hit, and so they they made basically a very standard subpar superhero movie. Yeah, the one so that Ang Lee made was better, I think. But yeah, but well, I mean, I no, it's not. Watch it again. That's no, terrible. It's, yeah, it's not great. But I think it's not good. But we've all I discussed this. this worse is all I'm saying. Well, we've we've all discussed this before with the MCU, like where they are now that were post Endgame, and it's like that was pretty much their whole focus for the first 10 years was to drive into this uh giant finale called Endgame. uh and now it's suddenly like what do we do and that's kind of the and feeling I get. and so every single movie that's come out after that is them trying to jumpstart all these other characters and i don't care I mean, it's just, they're not riveting. It's like, if the Fantastic Four movie comes out and it's any good, then maybe there's hope, but I doubt it. You know what I mean? No, you know what it is? They are the victims of the success of Guardians of the Galaxy, because that was weird and shouldn't have succeeded, but it did. And so they keep going, okay, what other, like, you know, wacky, goofy- (laughs) I am the Lizard King! I can do anything! (laughs) What silly shit can we throw out there and, you know, it'll do fine? No, 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 no. Guardians of the Galaxy didn't succeed. James Gunn succeeded. Yes. Yes. Until they made him do the sequel, and that was terrible. No. The sequel is not terrible. The sequel's good. No, it's not. And I can't wait for part three, and he's been killing it, and the Suicide Squad is great, and Peacemaker is great, and yeah, James Gunn is the reason. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Eric. <laughs> so, but maybe they should stop giving um, these Marvel movies to like uh, indie darling filmmakers. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so glad that Doctor Strange 2 goes to Sam Raimi, because he's... When he's cut loose with a giant budget. Because he's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He'll do whatever. The, like, <laughs> like, can you imagine Darkman on a studio budget? Can you imagine? Yeah. That's what Doctor Strange 2 is going to be. And I'm so there for it. So that's what I'm hoping for. But apart from that, it's just, I think they're, they're done as an entity. They're becoming oh, the tired superhero can, genre. Can we, can we, can we pile on there? Because I should have brought up, uh, we're talking about things that, that have jumped the shark on Disney Plus. Uh, I finished the the season of The Book of Boba Fett. The song that's literally got the theme song that's like hum de dum ho ho hum ho hum <laughs> are the lyrics. Exactly. Um <laughs> This fucking thing. So uh, spoilers for Book of Boba uh, Fett. I think the I mean, I know Favreau wrote the scripts, but I think the bulk of the failures rests solely on the shoulders of Robert Rodriguez as the, the show directing showrunner. Oh God, he's so. Th- so the last, the last episode of the season is the Magnificent Seven, right? Where it's like the final stand against the bad guys, and it's like the battle of six people hiding behind a truck. Yeah, and like. Apparently, Robert Rodriguez no longer knows how to shoot action. Exactly. Like exactly the 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 George Lucas thing on Star Wars was always faster, more intense, and this this show is like slower, eh. less interesting. That's literally what they went. Yeah. Uh, it 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 is it is just so boring, and the action 
he, there are two things in this series that involve like speeder bikes uh, running around, and both of them are slow and uninteresting. Yeah. Like, how do you make speeder bikes slow and boring? But they did it. Um, this it's it's just uh, it, it's just Drek. Yeah. It's terrible, and the only parts of it that are good is when yeah, is when they're making the Mandalorian. So. Uh, yeah, it's fucking <laughs> terrible. But um, now I brought up the a, a few shows back that Mando got a new ship, and it's like the Naboo yeah. Starfighter. It's like that is the it's most asinine uh, ship for a bounty hunter. It's like it's a one seater. Yeah, where's he gonna put his bounty? <laughs> it's like where are you gonna sleep? <laughs> where are you gonna keep your food? It's just yeah, it goes fast. Whoop de doo. Basically, they just gave him butt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they gave him an interstellar hot rod, and the ship itself is so annoying because it's. Uh, it's from the the prequels, but it's they've got the flares coming out of the engine, but the whole thing is built backwards. It looks like it's flying backwards to me, and it's just the most obnoxious, yeah. ridiculous, like pointless thing to give Mando as a ship. So, that I'm is just, one thing I did like about uh, Mandalorian is that his his ship was ugly but like functional. It was like yeah, exactly. it was not yeah. a sci fi hero ship. It no. was just a get shit done kind of thing. It was yeah. a it was a Millennium Falcon kind of deal, right? Where yeah. it was just like a piece of shit, and yeah, it that was what made it good. Yeah. Um, the the fan service on this is is extraordinarily right. fan servicey, right. right? Like, so the little robot BD that's actually a character from a video game. Uh, that's from Jedi Fallen Order. He that was a breakout character in that game, and now now it's there in the in the Star Wars universe. Um, they did, I mean, that episode that you were crowing about that, uh, that Bryce Dallas Howard directed where they introduced the, the end, the Naboo Starfighter. Oh, the, the season three um, premiere of Mandalorian. Yeah. They, yeah, there are a number of shots in that, that are direct copies of shots from episode one. Yeah. Like, you know, they basically redid the pod race. They basically redid shots from the, from the end battle scene. Like they're just showing off what they can do on a TV budget. They're just feeling themselves. Dave Filoni brings back one of his characters from Clone Wars in the form of Cad Bane. Uh, um, yeah, it, yeah, it's just it's yeah. Here, they're and Eric will like that one too. Get the fuck off of Tatooine. Yeah, <laughs> God. Well, Eric will like the Cad Bane character because it's modeled on. Lee Van Cleef's character Angel Eyes from the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah, like the oh, whole look. Yeah. And then they have like a square off at the end. Uh, Wait, Boba. is that the the weird looking alien thing with the, the the two like tubes coming out of the side of his head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. And it's just like, could you like, basically by the end of Boba Fett, they're all just obviously just in a space western, and they're wearing cowboy outfits and shooting what look like six shooters for the most part. It's like it's the most asinine de-evolution from the star wars universe it's like well we want to be firefly but we're not going to be firefly so let's just be firefly i mean it's that's kind of the thing so it's just uh it's so aggravating <laughs> so aggravating oh. and and that theme song actually gets worse at the end of the last episode like whereas he was just kind of hooting and hollering yep yeah, like that in the in the theme before <laughs> yeah. now he's singing fat bobo fat and it's <laughs> stupid <laughs> Do it. 
calling you. Um, it's like somebody telling his dog to fetch Bobo Fetch. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, Book of Boba Fett. What, what a massive like face plant this thing was. <laughs> yeah, you're not missing like, anything. The right? reason people like The Mandalorian is that's the show they envisioned in their head when they're like, ooh, what if we had a show about Boba Fett when he was a bounty hunter? You get The Mandalorian. The other thing about The Mandalorian is he doesn't have a bunch of crap that tangles him up with the movies, so he can just do yeah. stuff. And you don't have to sit there and go, but that's not the way I imagined it. You don't care because he it's doesn't a have new to live up it's interesting. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it becomes incredibly obvious during the book of Boba Fett when you can contrast the characters because they're just in the same show. You know, um, they did do fake Mark Hamill better than before and I read an article I need to see if I can find another source on this because I'm not sure I believe it yet but I read an article that says that Mark Hamill's dialogue was actually largely stitched together by an AI that was trained listening to Mark Hamill read books on tape and shit yeah wow and that Hamill himself did not deliver the performance (laughs) and if that's true we're screwed ew new levels of creepy yeah yeah Oh, okay, well. sorry. I I jumped all over your fresh hit, Chris. What else you got? No, that's all I had. Uh really. Did Eric have anything? What did we get? Well, one thing since you mentioned Marvel, another thing that bugs me, um at the end of Endgame, Captain America like like stays in in past time, right? Like stays in the past so mm-hmm. that he can, you know, get laid with uh Agent Carter. The TVA doesn't have a problem with that. I mean, didn't they establish that they make sure you don't do dumb shit like that? What's up? He went rogue. I mean, it's just man. another thing where they're stepping on their own dick. I mean, they yeah, they, they need to cut it out. And I knew this was going to happen if they ever got into the, the boring world of time travel. I mean, yeah, and that's really the problem with Endgame and everything that's followed is that they they broke their continuity. Yeah. They're like, yeah, continuity, schmontinuity, multiverses and time travel. We're, we're not going to try anymore, guys. This is why the comics themselves basically had to reboot themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. both of them have done it, where they just wipe out the entire universe and then start again from scratch. Yeah. Well, you know. Anyway. Hey, what are you going to do? They don't care. Yeah. And the fact that, uh, the, fact that the, uh, the MCU shows have, are going away on Netflix, so you're not going to be able to get Daredevil anymore. Is also irritating. I bet you that moves over to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, that, I was bet my, you they, that was my thing. I bet you it... Moves over to Disney Plus, and Jessica Jones does, and not the rest. I bet yeah. they just icebox, oh, Punisher, totally Iron Punisher. Fist, and, yeah. Punisher, and Punisher, and you yeah. think they're going to put Punisher on Disney Plus? Yeah, I, I think they're going to... Maybe Hulu. I think they're they going to the kid thing. start it up again, and they're going to get him to play Punisher again, because he was fucking awesome. Okay. I think. Me. We'll see. Maybe he yeah. shows up in the movies. We'll see. Yeah. Any other fresh shit, Eric? Yeah, Dark Side of the 90s. It's a, a documentary series on Hulu. It's, it's, it's fun in, in only because like we were there for it, I think. And it's, 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 it's I'm already intrigued. What's it about? It's, it's basically all of the... Uh, okay, imagine that CNN documentary on the 90s. Only this is mm-hmm. only the dumb shit. It's uh, like the uh, Jerry Springer <laughs> talk shows... There's one on the Viper Room, which of course is all about, you know, River. Uh, uh, grunge in the Seattle Sound. 
um, the okay. internet. You know, it's like like all the stuff that that sucked and uh, like all the bad stories. But yeah, it's it's <laughs> I, fun. I, it's funny because I remember totally at the down time. I remember at the time actually saying, you know, it's going to be weird because like all of our, uh, you know, we're documenting the world on videotape, so it's going to look as good in 20 years as it does now not like film which fades you know nope no 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 everything looks shitty awful yeah yeah and of course (laughs) i know better than to say like you know by the time we're dead you know now in 20 years is going to look you know the same because cell phones look like shit and they they change the camera every year so i'm pretty sure by the time i'm you know by the time i'm being uh um uh, 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 cremated that that video technology is going to be in holograms and stuff well, and they're going to be saying wow how are, how are we ever going to have nostalgia when we have all these holograms this will always look great I don't know were, were you like me and were you just genuinely perplexed that a show like America's Funniest Home Videos lasted into the 21st century where we have yeah. stuff like YouTube yeah. and such. It's like, how, it, how does I that remember the day? YouTube. <laughs> I remember the day being told that it was like the top rated show in the country. And I'm like, fucking what? That? Yeah. 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 yeah because oh, no. it's just Al My Balls, but 500 <laughs> years early. I'll buy mm. that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. Oh, nah. God. Uh, oh. So that's the All show, right. folks. Uh, if you hey, enjoyed it, why don't later. you subscribe <laughs> on? <laughs> wait, wait! Don't we have an oh, actual wait, wait. topic? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Tell us what they've won, Eric. <laughs> uh, so this week I picked the movie, and it's a movie that doesn't get much mention. I think it's fucking brilliant. I'd be interested to hear what you guys thought of 1408, the story of a guy who writes books about haunted hotel rooms and is very jaded and cynical and finds his way into an actual fucked up room. 1408. 1408. Yeah. Yeah. So this was one where... Yeah, John Cusack is really the only person you need to mention because mm-hmm. it's basically a solo movie. Like yeah. Samuel yeah. Jackson has a cameo, but whatever. And, and then there's some, some other people with bit parts. I read, so, but, this, right. so watching this last night, uh, we're about 20 minutes in. My wife is sort of half paying attention. And at some point she looks up and she says, so does John Cusack play any other kind of character? <laughs> and i had no, no reputation kevin costner yeah, yeah. or jack nicholson or yeah the yeah, frozen so ground I, he when in the in the frozen ground which i mentioned a few months ago maybe a year ago he's different but yeah he is that same sort of still you know just sort of buttoned down just on the verge of losing his shit all yeah, the time yeah and that's kind of how i explained just like yeah whatever <laughs> she went back to her phone. Uh, what my wife, it's what my wife says. Uh, she first found attractive in me that I had this uh, John Cusack neurotic quality. And I thought, Aww. yay, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I will tell you about this, Eric, is that fourteen oh eight definitely made me want to watch Barton Fink again. I will just let you <laughs> decipher that as you will. <laughs> 
Right. Because <laughs> it's basically um, the same kind of shit happens. Like, the whole world goes topsy-turvy, the hotel ends up on fire, the main character's lost his ever-loving mind. I mean, it's the, you I know... Guess structurally, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> that was the kind of thing. Uh, but I will give it this, that the first 30 minutes is some of the best build-up intention I have ever seen mm-hmm. in a film. Uh, I'm just sorry that it kind of didn't live up to that by the end. I just was sort of uh, underwhelmed by the 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 Dino. Meh. Really? Yeah. Okay. So. I loved it. Um, I so I hadn't seen this before. This is my first viewing. Same. And I had been interested in it from the trailers, but I'm generally not a scary movie person. Like I just I don't seek them out. Right. Um. So, you know, Eric got us to watch it because it was his show. And I'm, you know, and I'm watching it like pretty late at night last night. And yeah, it is, it is a legit scary movie that doesn't like, doesn't go hard into like the torture porn or the gore. It's just there to fuck with you. And I'm, I'm there for that. I'm good job movie. He did it. You know, I mean, I was very happy. Yeah. Yeah, the thing about it, I, I, the, what I what I like about it is it's got two things that I love in good horror movies. And the first is um, the surroundings go sideways, you know, the same way mm-hmm. like in The Shining that none of the geography makes any sense. This is like you're trapped in a, a, in a no-clip room. You're, you know, you, you've fallen out yeah. of the edge of the video game a, yeah. in this, this room. Uh, but the other thing is that what do you what are why are people afraid of ghosts that they're going to kill you no that they're going to bring up your your uh, uh emotional pain your sorrow your regret and that's yeah. j- exactly where the fuck this goes yeah well i like that uh, yeah I, that the the cynical naysayer who writes books for a living about haunted hotels gets enticed into this room and then during the build-up he has the convo with Samuel Jackson, the manager, <laughs> who literally lays out the roadmap about all the people that have died in the room horribly. And Cusack's just like, yeah, uh-huh, whatever. And then Sam Jackson says, and did you know about the 22 people that died of natural causes in that room? And Cusack kind of peps up. He's like, huh? No. And so it's like, literally. Oh, you didn't know about that, did yeah. you? <laughs> and then you're like, and they just keep turning the screws ever so slightly, ever so slightly. But of course, he's going to get up end up taking the room just to prove that you know there's no such thing as ghosts and then they they tell him explicitly like no one's lasted more than an hour in this room period and he takes that as the challenge and so it's sort of like him doing the random stuff looking at the room like talking like bagging on the courier and ives motif of the decor and this and that and then Mm -hmm. the clock starts going on uh, with the carpenters, yeah, we have only this just playing. Begun. We've only just begun. Yeah, yeah, and and this is the point at which no, I want to say this is a great way they build tension, and and they're doing all of the tricks in the scary movie book, and and in this particular way, the sound of everything is wrong. Okay, the, all <laughs> yeah. of the sound effects are wrong. That we've only just begun does not play at a consistent speed at any point whenever it comes on. The phone sounds different every time it rings yeah. and is just getting sicker and sicker sounding. Like, they, 
it is so well sound designed, and that was one of the first things that really got me going. Like, okay, that's that's fantastic use of that. Yeah. But then, yeah, the clock, and you were gonna say. Uh, and then it turns into sort of like, is this gonna be like Groundhog Day? Because it gives him the sixty minute uh, mm-hmm. countdown at one point. Uh, and then the shit yeah. really is on at that point. And then it's literally the ghost has finally come out and said, okay, fucker, uh, the gauntlet has been thrown and either you're going to kill yourself by the end of 60 minutes or you're not. And we're going to find out. And then you get to the end yeah. and basically the hotel's just like, ah, suck you. It's uh, you can either go through this hour again or you can take your own life. That's literally your options at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, so you it's can like check oh, out. God. Here's what check out means is kill yourself. Yeah. But yes. <laughs> but as a Stephen King movie, does this stack up for you, Eric? So you you like this one a lot? I, you think it? I loved it, and I don't. I know nothing about the original Stephen King story. I mean, right. the thing is, Stephen King generally is very. I find his writing exceedingly lazy. It right. reads like somebody who watched too much TV. And maybe did too much blow. You know, I'm not sure if Which that's the case or not, did, but it seems but yeah. so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, this, this, yeah, I can't even say how much of this story is really from one of his, you know, for yeah. all I know, it was the kernel of an idea somebody else glommed onto, but no, it's like a, yeah, it's, like it's a short got, story novella. Yeah. Yeah. But it's got like great, um, economy, you know, like you said, it builds up perfectly it doesn't waste anything my i guess my one complaint would be with the theatrical version that came out and that's another question did you see the director's cut or the i have no idea directors so i, I, saw, I saw the theatrical the- version but i read about it the the director's cut has a completely different ending and i i want to get to that yeah. do we is is that something we want to hold on to or we want to just hit it now uh, i was that's actually what i was like leaning into was okay let's this do it. this movie had like a very um, I mean, tonally it, it was, it was headed for an ending and, and it could only have, I think the director's cut ending, which was he sets the place on fire and dies there, but as a result gets to be with his daughter again and defeats the hotel room. Yeah. Cause his daughter the had theatrical died. cut. Yeah. They, they, yeah, yeah. He he's visited by the ghost of his daughter. Um, in the, the director's cut version, he sets the thing on fire. But the fireman managed to pull him out, and he doesn't die. And I'm like, yeah, that's 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 a cheat. A cheat. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and and while he's going through his shit, he gets the he has the recording of his daughter, and his wife is like, oh, it was all real, you know, like no, 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 yeah, no, you're not supposed to have it that easy. It's the whole thing had sort of like a like an American International Pictures 1960s vibe, like a, one of those Corman. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe mm-hmm. kind of things. It had that sort of uh, creeping dread motif throughout yeah. from set from start to finish. And it's like, you know, like a gothic mansion almost because the hotel's old and creepy. But then you're in the hotel room where all the shit goes down. And then suddenly it becomes, because uh, you brought up The Shining earlier, that's immediately where I went. I'm like, this is like a weird, amped up, microcosmic version of The Shining. It's like literally just he's in the box of his mind and he's totally losing his shit. And that's the movie. And it's and then it started to be thinking like, well, how many Stephen King stories and novels are basically just about something fucking with people? So it's like this one, the hotel room is fucking with the person. 
You've got Christine where the car is fucking with the person. You've got It, which is the clown fucking with people. The Shining, the hotel fucking with people. Cujo, the dog fucking with people and on and on and on. And so it's sort of, I guess, the mo- the, the structure that works best for Stephen King. And he just sort of plays the same tune in different notes. That's what this one felt like to me. Do I, am I, I off base? I guess I would, I, I guess I would counter with, can you name me a film that isn't about somebody fucking with someone? But you know what I mean? Like that's his hardcore thing. Cause even in his non-horror stuff, like stand by me. Is it because it's, like, it's an, it, 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 because it's a, a, um, an inanimate thing that's fucking with people. Well, I think that's part of it is that, uh, most of his stuff is either something that's supposed to be benign uh, that suddenly turns evil and tries to kill. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? That's sort of yeah. the vibe. And that's that was this very much so was the hotel room. And so it just started me thinking right. about all the other stuff. Because I read a lot of Stephen King when I was like, you know, 15, 16. And it started me thinking about all the stuff that's basically this, but it's just interchangeable to, you know, other stuff. Right. Uh, I, th- I mean, yeah, I it's, basic, fair. it's yeah. basic dramatic narrative, obviously, but his is very specific. It's like... This thing here that's evil in my book is fucking with this protagonist here in my book. And that's the story. And that's the nugget. And then he kind of, you know, colors it out from there. But yeah, that's kind of the vibe. I I think that's fair, but I do. I guess the thing I like, again, about this film that I have not seen in many other films is the the sort of thing that's supposed to make you go, you know, ooh, the car is alive or there's a clown in the gutter or whatever, you know, the, these, yeah. these weird things. No, everyone knows it from the beginning. It's like the hotel manager tells the guy whose job it is to <laughs> stay know. in haunted rooms that he has a haunted room and don't go in it. And I'm like, that's nice. I like that. They don't put the suspense on the thing that I've seen all too many times before. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and maybe that's what I like about it is that it, it kind of acknowledges anything that's supposed to be cliche. It just does away with. Yeah. And instead of there, I think there are a couple of jump scares and they're very cheap, but it doesn't yeah. rely on them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're all of the sort of thing you see in the mirror, you know, that yeah. isn't there. The crazy lady uh, of with the hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, but I, yeah. I, I, but yeah, I mean, it, it tells you what's up, right? Sam Jackson is very clear in that, in that scene between him and Cusack at the beginning. It's like, he's, he's, he lays it out. Look, it's an evil fucking room. Okay, it's an evil room. Don't go in it. Evil room. I will pull and, the clip. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of my favorites. And and it is. You know, it's an evil room. And and that's the that's the thing. You know, he's going to be. You know, so part of it, of course, is you've seen movies before, right? And so there's there's a fake ending, right? At one point where he thinks he's out, and it tries and it and it gives you a Best plausible part explanation. Of the movie, yeah. Why he's, but I'm like immediately like, nah. No, he's still in the room. Come on. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, and I, of course. I, I, yeah. and the thing is, I knew you guys would get that. I didn't think you would be fooled at all. I wasn't fooled. What I was thinking was, they're really sticking with this, aren't they? Yeah, it's really. It's like, they, if they're sticking they, they with did. it this long, there's got to be something else here. And it was long enough for me to forget that I had thought, oh, yeah, he's still in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was so <laughs> genius. Well, for me, what I liked was early on when he's in the room, when things start to get a little bit creepy, uh, but they kind of poke fun at the whole idea of the haunted house because it doesn't start right out being 
a menacing poltergeist kind of a thing. It's like the mints on the pillow show up all, all of a sudden, or the mm-hmm. the toilet paper in the bathroom gets that little fold when they do your room and turn down service. And and he makes a joke. It's right. like, it's like, this is the scariest turn down service ever, you know? And it's like, those are the mm-hmm. little things where you, where he's in his mind. He's like, well, there's obviously somebody in the room, but there's not, but it's that the ghost is just starting with just general stuff like that to kind of make you realize that things are very much off and then all hell breaks loose and it becomes just this terrifying journey. But by the time you get to the part where he's trying to flag the guy across the, the way in the other building. That was my favorite scene. And then it yeah. like turns out oh that it's God. just like a mirror version of him. I'm like, okay. That's- but it's a totally different guy mirroring yeah, him. Yeah, like, yeah. it's not him. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then he starts doing the same motions and mouthing the stuff. I'm like, oh, that's. And once he realizes that the guy across the way does everything he does, he holds a lamp up to his face so that he can see who's on the, who yeah. the guy is across and the way. It's him. And that's when it's he sees him. his own face. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. No, that, that was, that was awesome. Yeah. That was, that was one of my favorite bits. Yeah. I think, I think in a lot of ways, this was a modern episode of the Twilight Zone. Yes. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a Twilight Zone episode, and it's a well executed Twilight Zone episode, and and yeah, I'll I'll be I'll be that that guy. I'll be the wimp. Okay, I am just fine with the theatrical ending in part because by the time I'm catching the theatrical ending, it's like one a.m. and I don't really want to have this thing screw up my sleep cycle that much more, <laughs> and so I'm okay with it having like a gentle landing. <laughs> Because, yeah, of course, of course, my assumption was he never escapes the room and the room wins. Blah, ha, ha. End of movie was what I was expecting. But they they went for the soft landing. Let me me put it. Let let me. I guess. Okay, I'm not I'm not saying you wrong at all. Right. I I Mm -hmm. completely get it. I mean, that is why they redid the ending. But which is the happier ending that he lives and writes a book about his experience and maybe gets to back together with his wife or that he realizes uh, that that he's able to join his daughter again you know the one thing that's been eating at him all this time is that he gets to be with his daughter again yeah hmm. and that's that's how the other one ends that's eric's that version of the happy ending they're reunited yeah yeah i guess i guess i would have been unfulfilled by the he gets to be with his daughter again because I'm with the character in the I don't believe in the afterlife business, Mm. right? And so saying explicitly there's an afterlife and if you just hurry up and die, you can be with your loved ones uh, isn't satisfying to me. (laughs) Right, but he Um, learns that there is an afterlife. That's the other thing, is that he is is shown proof. He's shown proof. No, no, he's shown proof that an... He's shown proof that an evil room will tell you there is, and that, no. that it will present you with a with a, a facsimile of your dead daughter, but not that, that the, that's actually her ghost. The evil room can't exist without a supernatural existence being real, right? I mean, it's not like there's an evil room, but everything else in the universe is rational. That there's an evil fucking room means there's others, something else going on behind the curtains. I, I agree that an evil room indicates other dimensions. It doesn't indicate an afterlife, and it certainly doesn't indicate that you get to go to the celestial whatever and go hang out with your with your loved ones. Well, it it's evil. Here's here's <laughs> my my theory on it. Because uh, the whole reason he ends up in 
room 1408 is because he gets that anonymous postcard that tells him, you know, hey, room 1408. And then he investigates. Right. Never explained. Yeah, he's intrigued enough to, to go through the effort to get the room. And then he has the tete-a-tete with Sam Jackson as the hotel manager, uh, et cetera, who tries to warn him off all of the, the stuff. And then by the end of the movie, when he set the room on fire, all of the shit's gone down. Then you get that shot of Samuel Jackson just in his chair, in his office, drinking brandy or whiskey or whatever that is, and smoking the cigarette, just going, basically, well played, Mr. Ensland, setting the yeah, room on Yeah, obvious fire. reshoot, insert, whatever, for yeah. the new ending. But it's like, whatever. But, I don't, but until that moment, I just thought, well, okay, he's the hotel manager. He's obviously stated time and again that the room gives him the heebie-jeebies, this and that. But at that moment, I'm like, what if he's like a weird Mr. Mistopheles kind of character and he actually sent the postcard to John Cusack to get him into the room just to see what the fuck would happen to teach him a lesson and he's in there gloating over his whiskey. I'm like, there's no reason for that shot at all except mm-hmm. to suggest that Sam Jackson is the puppet master of this to get him in the room. You know what I mean? It- so, no, the reason for that shot is that Sam Jackson is the authority on whether or not it's an evil room and so he is saying, in fact... You did it. You killed the evil room. I'm. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I guess that, that's why that shot's there. I don't know. It yeah. just um, it, it just harkened back to uh, like Barton Fink to me again. It's just sort of like the wallpaper dripping off the walls and the goop coming out of John Goodman's ear, and then he just goes on the killing spree. I mean, it's sort of like there's there's that random uh, servant of the devil, messenger of of Satan, kind of a thing running through it, and that's sort of where they they ended up with Sam Jackson. And so it left me kind of off-putting. It's like, if I watch it again, will I actually make that connection through the speech or not? Uh, so I don't know. I actually kind of wanted to finish responding to Eric on the ending thing, though. The thing, the thing that I liked about the, the theatrical ending was it was unambiguous about, no, it wasn't all in your head. You just endured some crazy shit, and that crazy shit is real in the world, and you have to live in a world where that kind of thing goes on now. <laughs> like, mm. that's that's okay. Yeah. I don't mind that. <laughs> well, I I think the but, and and it was a character growth, right? It was a character arc saying, get you know, get to grips with it, get to grips with you abandoned your your wife because you couldn't deal with the fact that the kid died and. Yeah. I, I do think that they dropped a thread, or or maybe I'm too dumb to to get it, but um, they they were beating really hard on hi, him writing about his father in his first book early on in the movie, and the mm-hmm. father shows up in in the in the bathroom at one point and basically says, "You're going to turn out just like me," but none of that paid off, and none of that really was that's terribly well scene- described. That's another scene that's missing that's in the director's cut. When he's crawling around in the uh, air vents and, okay. you know, he sees that the that his wife is the woman with the baby in the next room. He goes to the next one and he's looking down, uh, like, at a park outside where there's a scene with his father that, like, makes sense oh, okay. to their relationship. But, yeah, it's it's something I was like, why did they cut that out? I don't know. Runtime? Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, it's a pretty, I mean, it's a tight movie. It's it's coming in at just under an hour 45. Yeah. I mean, right. no, it's, it's, you could spend a couple minutes on that. It's very tight. But this, yeah. the, the one I mean, thing. It's got its faults. It's yeah. got its faults, but it is a grown-up horror movie. It's yeah. not something that has, yeah. like you say, axe murderers or, you know, jump scares. It's not something that Bloomhouse 
would have understood how to make. <laughs> yeah, they would have totally amped up the the torture porn. Uh, it's it's the anti saw, yeah. right? It's yeah. <laughs> well, it's scary, it, or or it's 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 almost a harbinger of like where Jordan Peele was going to go with his stuff. Yeah, yeah. that exactly, you, you exactly. Know, like, but to me, it's a, um, like the thing that was really sort of uh, like didn't need to be in there. It's when Cusack's character at the beginning like sees the room fourteen oh eight and adds the numbers up, and they're thirteen, and he's like, "Oh, cute." Uh, yeah winky winky but it's like well but if you're gonna follow through it's like to me it's in my mind if you're gonna do the numerological thing well then uh 13 is just one plus three which is four and then the whole thing falls apart i mean it's like that was sort of um they're just getting a little winky winky i understand it's him being like very cynical and this and that and there's no 13th floor and so it all supposed to like circle through Mm -hmm. uh but it just i don't there was just enough of that to make it too much of a b picture for me to really rally fully behind it uh so it it has a very solid beginning but by the end i was just sort of uh sort of ho-hum sorry i mean don't get me wrong it's no rubber but i thought it was pretty good (laughs) well what is so much better than rubber (laughs) i mean there's there's a there's another bit where he's he's using video chat to talk to his ex-wife and then the room catches on to what he's up to and finds a way to fuck with him. Yeah. That was was a lot of fun. I mean, I, yeah, I, I I thought it was I thought it was a lot of fun. I, it was a good movie and John Cusack, you know, th- there's a point at which John Cusack's like I only want to play assholes at, at which I I kind of like liked him less and less over the years and this was a, an absolute John Cusack tour de, tour de force. Like it's yeah. it's his movie. He's the really the only character in it most of the time, or at least the only actor in it most of well, the time. This is sort of and he just sells the hell out. This of This is sort of uh, like the John Cusack gross point blank version, where it's he's a very fucked up asshole character, but he finds redemption by the end of the movie because he's done yeah, it in that's other exactly stuff. Exactly the point at which I stopped caring about John Cusack. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because it's basically, this is like, like I said, this is the same character in like a hot tub time machine, just without the haunted hotel. He's like basically just a fucked up middle-aged dude who's trying to make amends for his past and move on. And then all this crazy shit has to happen for him to like actually get closure. Uh, I don't know why that was sort of the mid, mid aughts thing for him, but uh, this one definitely falls into that. It's just a little bit more intense. I guess it's kind of the last know. of yeah it's the last of the classic Cusack performance because after that it was like you say hot tub time machine yeah then that thing where he played Edgar Allan Poe Ugh. and then like a lot of straight to video yeah but it's post uh, Con Air so you know you got to give him props for that I guess I don't well know. what was the one what was the one where there was the the guy playing the piano with Cusack in it oh. That that was a tight little thriller. That was good. I can't remember the name of it now. I don't. Remember. I brought it to the fresh shit a while back. Yeah. I don't know. I have to look uh, that up. Anyway, I know kickboxing, sport of the future. Ever hear of it? That's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in your in your grand oeuvre, Eric, of films you've seen, uh, how highly would you rate this? Because you seem very enthusiastic I'm, when you pitched it. So I just want to see. Yeah, I. I mean, that's the thing I watched. I put this on the list because I watched it again on a lark because it was free on YouTube. And I was like, God damn it. It's still good. It's still really good. Uh, 
And I, it's one of my favorite films easily. It's not like top 10, but right. I guess the, the most important thing to me in any movie and you know, what makes my, I love that film list is economy and not wasting time and like not, not showing me things I've seen before. You know, that's probably the hardest thing to do right. is to have a horror film that doesn't deliver. It doesn't, it doesn't remind me of other films except where it can't get out of it. And then it calls attention to it and moves on like the numerology of 1408, which is a boring reality or, you know, we're, we've got a haunted house, uh, story. Yeah. Okay. But moving on. And so it's not about a haunted house the way other haunted house stories are. It doesn't, right. I don't know. That's that. And, and the theatrical version again is, has a lot more problems because it takes out a lot of explanations and a, a lot of the darkness, but it's the only movie I've ever seen that has that thing where you walk into a room and you unclip and that that's. <laughs> fucking brilliant to me so uh it's in the it's in the eric reed afi top 100 okay I guess. I don't so know. where would you rank it to uh to say the shining because that's the closest comparison i think most people will find because it's very similar yeah. uh like do you think it that it succeeds on that par because i don't i can't remember uh, if, you, if you're like a, a shining fan or if you kind of poo poo on shining these days yeah, remember. no, I, I, The Shining, I, I love even more. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely closer to the top 10. But again, it's a horror film that's not about the horror. Right. The Shining is about a kid who learns that you can't trust a single adult in the world. Everyone <laughs> fails him. Yeah. And he ultimately has so to So very take care much of the movie for Eric. Yeah. 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 As a kid, <laughs> I, to I totally, I saw this thing when I was 10 and I went, yup, everybody's shit. <laughs> so I love it, but for different reasons. Okay. I just wanted to, to make the distinction. So thank you for clarifying. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> no, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, my final thought is thank you for bringing this one, Eric. I hadn't seen it. I probably wouldn't have ever gotten around to it. No. And I'm glad I saw it. I gotta, so it was a good one. Yeah, I got to say, Eric, your record here is, uh, is, is almost spotless because uh, a while back you brought narrow margin <laughs> To the show, which I had never thought of seeing, and I enjoyed that one mm -hmm. quite immensely. So, uh, yeah, you're uh, well. Thank you. You're throwing some curveballs at us, and uh, it's working, sir. It's working. I think Strange this means enough. I've got to find something really shitty. <laughs> you could try, but I guarantee you it won't work. Maybe yeah. the sequel. It to won't rubber. be as bad Turn as rubber. rubber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Last week's show. Check it out. They hate it. Yeah. Uh. All right. All right. So, yeah, if you want to find out what Eric brings that's going to ultimately be <laughs> that bad, you should subscribe to the podcast. Yeah, now that the you pressure's sure, on. Yeah, no pressure. Make sure other people hear us talk about bad movies by sharing in our social media feeds. And if you've got some bad movies you want to recommend, by God, send us some some messages. You can hit us up on Twitter. We're at MagHuge, M-A-G-H-U-G-E. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram as Magnificently Huge Podcast. You can email MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com. And since I just rattled that off and you're just listening to a podcast like in your car or something, you don't have to th remember any of it. Just remember maghuge.com. You go there, there's links to all of it and all of our old shows. And, and yeah, hit us up and make us watch something terrible. Yeah, if you've got ideas, we want to hear them because we like other people's ideas better than our own. Yeah, we're over 200 episodes into this podcast and we've only just begun. Lonely 
just begun